Whoa, hey, Gundamaniacs. How's it going? Welcome to the Gundam Explained show. It is uh, March 16th. Um, you will, if you're watching, you might see this little username thing at the top. That is a new little thing I'm trying out, but you know what? I don't think it's working. Steven, I need some tech support. No, I'm joking. Oh, man. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> Wirecast has just been a fun experiment. I'll tell you what, though, I never get tired of that opening intro music. Like, oh, like seriously, we should just do uh, when is April 1st this year? Because I think your April 1st, April Fool's Day Gundam Explained show should just be 45 minutes straight of the intro loop. Yes, that's that's a good idea. People will be waiting and they will enjoy it because it sounds good. Yep. No, but <clears throat> thanks everyone for joining. You know what? In fact, I think this might work so for instance um if we're it shows the first chat that came in okay if i click it what does it do there we go oh, oh there it that. is so hello to it's a little slow but ian <laughs> hello ian so Yo. we got ian ultronimus uh let's see rogue good to see you rogue dan vent shirt lad Let's see, a zombie painter Neo X. Good to see everybody. Yeah, so as we go, if I see, because there's a lot of chats, I'm going to try to do it where when I see a cool chat, I'll bring it up. Yeah. Um, but this might sound sleazy. If you really want to get a chat in, super chat, you know? Yeah, that's, that could be a way to do it. But, yeah. you know, for today, talk about a few things. Luckily, from the supporters, I got some good conversation that we're going to have here shortly. Um, has to do with annoying characters and soundtrack stuff. I love music, uh, Gundam music, so it'll be cool to talk about that. Uh, but before we get started, yesterday we were on Steven's stream. That was an awesome stream. It, it was almost like a Gundam Explained stream in a way, but it, it taught me everything. Like it was, yeah, about the Gumpla, different Gumpla, like categories of Gumpla, subcategories. You know, I feel like it's something that we're always arguing about on Discord, so it was nice to finally kind of you know, comb through the wiki and, uh, you know, do it proper. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that taught me a lot too, because I've never really decided to sit down and be like, hmm, let me just research them all. But yeah, we did it and it, it was pretty cool. Um, you know, uh, other than that, um, I, I got an idea. So Steven, what is one interesting non-Gundam thing you did this week? Non-Gundam thing, I yeah. suppose. Uh, let's see. I've been working on becoming a little bit more of an electrician oh. as part of my, you know, creating dioramas. Uh, uh, there we go. Wow. I almost have a parallel circuit working. But oh, that's pretty cool. You know, we'll see how that goes. I'm going to make a make a diorama out of that. So we'll see how it yeah, goes. When I uh, messed around with some LED stuff, I did realize there was a bit of, yeah, electricity engineering you had to understand when it comes to like I've already lost what the terms are in my head but it's like you got to route the power correctly and that exactly. seemed to be a whole thing um, because there's soldering that you could do or some of the things you can just twist them together oh so you got to yeah. solder. Right. Okay. we've got all the tools here uh, nice you are an electrician good job <laughs> no um but no, yeah, thought... ohms and amps and milliamps and all that stuff. I don't, I don't know all of the terminology. I just know the sound that it makes when it oh. burns my finger. <laughs> and the smell. <laughs> right. Yeah. But no, um, uh, well, no, yeah. And I was trying to think of an, a non-Gundam thing I did. I've been playing, I've just, for some reason, been playing my Switch a lot, and I've been playing that Luigi's Mansion. Oh, great game. <laughs> It, it is. You know, I had it before, like, my son got it for Christmas a couple years ago when it first came out, and then he wanted to sell it, and then I, it was on sale. Nintendo games never go on sale, but Switch was having a sale, and Luigi's Mansion was on sale. Uh, decided to get so that. now, Luigi's Mansion or Mario Sunshine, which is the better brother with a backpack shooter game? I'm going to say Luigi's Mansion because that Sunshine mechanic, they never really... Uh, had Mario continue to use in any way? It was yep. although Luigi's Mansion's getting the consecutive games, like they had the 3DS one as well. Um, Thematically, yeah, it, it's just much more fun too. Like you know, a vacuum cleaner that sucks ghosts. Yeah, yeah, that is kind of a neat idea. Like 
yeah, it, it just works. Um, but, um, you know, that makes me think with all the physics that are in that game, like what a proper Gundam game would be, where the physics are a big part of the mechanics, which makes sense for giant robots. But we haven't got there yet where, I don't think so, where physics and size in a game, like, correlate. You know, usually physics are as much as destructible environments or... Uh, like just cause where you like attach things and then turn turn uh yeah you hit the rockets and they go flying. Like I feel like yeah. maybe Gundam could use some physics like a game. Um, that'd be pretty sweet. Maybe like, like Gundam funnel controller or something. Oh, and you know what? Um, other MC, good to see you. He's got a YouTube channel as well. Uh, follow him. But uh, Rad handled giant robot physics perfectly. So I remember hearing about that game. I never played it. I must Same check here. it out. Um, so that's cool. Um, let's see. But yeah, so today we're going to talk about annoying characters uh, in Gundam. So guys, get ready for that if you want to post your favorite annoying characters. But also some soundtrack uh, themes within Gundam. Uh, some supporter questions came in that are pretty good, so we'll get into that. Um, but as for Gundam-related things, I had, this will be a video later, but I have finished, um, not finished yet, but the main... Uh, He's looking pretty good. Yeah, Pale Rider D2, it just, I have the gloss on it with the, I've painted, put de uh, decals. Next is the top coat, although the gloss just looks cool, um, to be honest. But I'm more about that flat um, top coat. Yeah, that's the only thing I like. Flat. Like a giant robot. What's that? Less like a. Le it looks less like a toy when it's not all shiny. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And and that's the thing. It being shiny kind of has like a toy charm to it in a way. You know. Another thing I built, and this was actually a quick but cool looking build, is the aerial high grade. I've had the robot spirits, and I've seen many in our Discord, including Ian, getting the high grade aerial to build. Um, <clears throat> you know what? I don't think I would normally get like an AU high grade, but I had the robot spirits and I wanted to do a comparison because I love like designs of mecha, right? Like that aspect of it. You get a cool robot or a, a mecha mobile suit and you look at like the design elements. What's very interesting, and I'm going to do a video about it, is it's almost like two different people designed the aerial between the Gumpla and the robot spirits. Like geometry is completely off. But... It's just enough where the silhouette is similar between the two. But, well, and I almost feel like, you know, the Gunpla should have come with effect parts because, you know. Actually, it did. I'm well, shocked. But did it come oh. with, like, like, things to hold the right. shield bits in place? Exactly. Yeah, the like, Robot Spirits has the thing for the shield bits. That's a good point. And Robot Spirits has always got Gunpla beat on that. Yeah, and... And it would, again, like, if you were to look at these, like, it would be hard to be like, oh, yeah, that's different, that's different. But then when you look close, it's like, it's, it's almost like someone, by memory, redesigned the aerial. You know, it's like, they told their designers, here's, here's the aerial, so Robot Spirits team, make yours, Gumplet team, make yours. And they're and, probably working on a time crunch. It's like, hey... Here are the here are oh. the designs. Go for it. Like yeah. you know, the, the show is airing in three months. You know, you gotta build a kit, you gotta build an action figure. Go. Okay. Yeah, that that actually makes sense. That reminds me of what they do with the Star Wars figures sometimes, the vintage collection. They'll only get like some design elements. Um mm -hmm. Ian is saying something and it takes I gotta get rid of that animation. That takes too long. But there is an expansion set for the high grade that comes with the bit uh ports to make them or bit parts to make them fly yeah so um yeah i remember seeing that so there's that that you can get but also that jetpack that was used um yep. and i ordered it i haven't got it in yet but i originally ordered it to have it for my robot spirits but it'd be but then i can also use it on the high grade it, it's weird though because like at the end of the day i again i don't really care to spend my money on au stuff as much because there's already so much you see but every once in a while, there's something that kind of sticks out. And Especially which, for a, pro a protagonist suit like the Ariel. Yeah. Like, like I have a Barbados. Oh, yeah. Know? Good example. Yeah. It, sometimes those main ones are just kind of cool. 
Um, so, um, let's see. Actually, let me yeah, just a little bit because I'm thinking I'm blocking the top. But, um, yeah, so there's that. It, okay, so funny. Like, I, I've learned with YouTube that when I get certain comments, I just have to ignore them or they're going to destroy me. There's this one guy that it's almost like now I can't wait to see what he says. Uh, when I did my, um, what, what? I forget what I was talking about, but he commented about the new, you know, there's a new aerial Gunpla coming out that has the permit score six or whatever or something, right. but it's based on the first season. So um, the guy, uh, this guy was commenting saying, um, oh, I guess in the new season, uh, Soleta's going to go back to her old mobile suit since they're coming out with this new Gumpla of the old. And I go, oh, no, no, they're just releasing, you know, just another version to sell. And he goes, I don't care. I said what I said. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right. Just, so it's become entertaining when this guy uh, comments. So if you know who I'm talking about out there, you, you can continue. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, I love it. Oh, hi, new Daniel. Good to see you. Um, Androyus, I didn't see you earlier. Good to see Armored Core. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. That's also, yeah, Bandai Namco. Yeah, that's... Um, okay, so, yeah, actually, speaking of games real quick, um, in GBO2, they just announced the Gun Cannon Aqua, which is cool. I kind of like the water-based suits, and the Gun Cannon is... Um, but it's like, of all the suits to put underwater, why would you put the one that has shoulder-mounted cannons? Yeah, that... Like, I know that is pretty crazy, but I think that's and again that's a Thunderbolt thing, and I think that's Plus cool. Torpedoes, yeah. Then that's what's cool about Thunderbolt, though. It kind of does the extremes, like right on that verge of that's ridiculous, yeah. but cool. Like all the shields being held up and all that, like ridiculous but cool. So I, I don't mind. I, and that, it's a three fifty, which makes sense. I don't know if anyone out there has already got it. I'm I'm thinking Zionic Shadow probably randomly <laughs> did. Um. Let's see. Um, oh, yeah, even Ultronimus is saying, yeah, the shoulder-mounted torpedoes. Yeah, that would make there more sense. There you go. Um, okay. So, what I wanted to get to was um, some of these Patreon uh, supporter questions. Let me get that up here, and I'm going to... Switch screens. So again, one. Hopefully, nothing crashes. If it does, I'll be right back. Um, okay. No flicker. Yeah, no flicker. What? We're good today. I know it's it's completely random. Maybe I have to speak sweet to Wirecast instead of you cussing it out. Caress the software. Exactly. I, everyone needs that. Um, all right. So, Ian, um, our mod. The great contributor has this uh, up. Uh, as I have been making my way through Double Zeta, I have discovered two characters who may rival Quest in regards to levels of being annoying, Bicha and Mondo. Who do you think is more annoying, Quest or those two? Double Zeta is getting better, but those two are making it difficult for me to watch. Keep on gun dabbing. Now, I'm going to throw this to you first, Steven, because you are the resident Double Zeta expert. Which so I love. I, I, I tend to agree. Bicha and Mondo are extremely annoying. Um, I find Bicha slightly more annoying than Mondo. Um, Ian, I don't know if you've made it to the Moon Moon episode yet because I think that Mondo equips 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 he, uh, Mondo acquits himself very oh, well yeah. in the Moon Moon arc. So um, hold out for the Moon Moon arc. Mondo gets a little bit better character development there. Beecha never seems to. Yeah. Which he's just always a scumbag. So, you know, that's very interesting because that was another thing for me with watching Double Zeta. You know, it's easy to kind of hate on some of it. And, and that's an interesting thing because then this gets to him talking about quests. So, are yeah. characters purposely written to be annoying to the audience, which is actually a captivating way to be engaging? But yeah. could it be maybe? A and again, this is I don't know anyone that's fluent in maybe 
listening to and speaking Japanese, but could it be that the English translations of annoying characters come across even more jarring? Um, I mean, it certainly can't help, right? Like, well, it, it's interesting because Quest and you know Beach and Mondo, that whole thing. It's like it's so annoying. It's almost like it hurts to watch, but that's almost like just like being scared of something or or being sad and crying because of a scene. Like that is just another emotion yeah. that's pretty good that the creators were, if that was their intent, were able to portray. Well, I mean, it's like Game of Thrones. I I always say that the best actor on Game of Thrones was uh what's that kid's name jack gleason i, I think the I kid that played it. joffrey the the evil king is like, like you you love to hate that character he is he is terrible but like man the actor nailed it like you know how hard it is to play a convincing heel okay that that's a good point we've talked about that before like whether it's wrestling or personalities on a podcast which we're trying to develop that i mean yeah who is the heel between us? That's a, that's a that's tough to say. You know, I think that we need to develop that a little bit more. Maybe I need yeah. to backstab you, um, you know, kick you through a window or something. I don't know. Well, well, it's funny. Yeah, that, yeah, live on air. No, but that's uh, what's interesting about that is we have our two back to back shows Wednesday and Thursday, and I feel like there's some we got to come up with some funny continuation uh, storyline that's. Yeah, just like an episodic show where there's really this underlying exactly. story. <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually pretty good. Um, oh, hey, Johnny man. Tacoma, good to see you. But what's up? No, no, that, that was all I, all I had. Um, I do think it's funny that obviously Quest has come up. Uh, I saw on Twitter today someone posted a T Public T-shirt design that is Quest drinking a Yingling and has like the Yingling beer logo on it, and it's like. Yingling, yingling drinks quest what's that quest drinks yingling out i'm just gonna randomly search yingling oh i didn't spell it right i don't think oh so that's a beer yeah ah gundam promoting beer that's cool um but there are quest fans out there believe it or not yeah it's it's in she's intriguing until she's not that's pretty much the the issue like the, I, I like how she's drawn. I like the look of the character. And almost like where she is in it, where it's like she's the daughter of the prime minister, right? And then like, yeah. but she's a new type. So being caught up on that level, it's just that then she, she makes these decisions that make you hate her. I, I think she's the perfect example of that manic pixie dream girl trope where it's like, you know, yeah. you see all these guys kind of falling for her and you're like, what? what is wrong with them? Why are they doing this? And then, you know, before they die, they realize that they've made a horrible mistake. Yeah, that's interesting because you brought that up before and it seems that is a trope and I didn't realize it. It's like these colored haired girls that tend to be like... Very waif-like. Yeah, exactly. And like very, it, it's almost endearing to the guy. Like, wow, that's exciting, you know, like... Yeah. But They're then almost they get more attracted to the novelty of the relationship as opposed to the person themselves. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. And and that goes to like I, I know we have these discussions in Discord sometimes, like with, with four, for instance. Like I feel shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like Camille, I felt like you explained it in a way that made sense to me, where it's like Camille sees that. This is like a the novelty. Yeah. Whereas it's not that that is his real like soulmate. Like Fa right. is so um but yeah, Camille uh, comes around. I mean, it yeah. takes a couple couple dozen people dying, but and the ending of Double Zeta. I mean, if you like yeah. Camille, you got to watch through Double Zeta because it uh, it it's cool. Um, that's Camille the redemption arc. Well, that's the thing with Double Zeta because how annoying and goofy it sometimes is. It's also pretty freaking dark, considering. And again, this is like a cool Star Wars Force power that's being introduced, but it's when Camille's in a coma teaching judo like how to be a new type in a way you know what i mean yeah like i love that idea but yeah the full-on execution um you know what and then i was reading more about that too that like you know tomino was purposely trying to lighten lighten everything in a way but it's interesting because there's still those dark themes that he still wants to have in there and so it's 
it's really hard. Yeah, it's it's, and I think that that's one of the reasons that you see so many uh, modern Gundam series tending to steer away from like the horrors of war type storyline, the narrative, the plot that that they kind of adopt. You know, like Witch from Mercury kind of has this dual school thing going on. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of like corporate espionage and there's some death and things going on, but it's definitely not as you know brutal in its application of violence as say double zeta when they drop yeah. a colony on dublin like exactly no that that is a very good point it, it does seem that the the horrors of war are reeled back in a way but it's almost there just surface level like the splat like yeah. that's not a horror of war as much as that's just someone that died you know and so yeah that's a really good observation um and then i guess right now too with which for mercury like the dub is uh, being released, I think, every Sunday with the English dub until April. We have the part two. And speaking of Witch for Mercury, is there an annoying character in Witch for Mercury? I would almost say, and, and I guess in terms of a being a Beach Mondo quest where it's like, ah, I don't want, why are we focusing on this? I think for me, it would be like almost Elin in a way because. Elon, yeah, it's never that. really explained. Like, I, it's like I want to know. Like, is he a clone? Is there a clone of a good one or a bad one? Is the clone of the good one? I, and then, like, what is? Uh, and it's like I just want to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think there's there's so many mysteries in Witch from Mercury that like you kind of want to know a little bit more about them because even Prospera, I'm like, okay, what? Like, should I hate you or? But yeah, I mean, I, personally, I find Mio kind of annoying. Um, That's interesting, because Ultronimus is saying Saleta bugs him the most. <laughs> but you know what? That's good points, because I think they each have their own annoyances. Like Saleta, it's that social awkwardness where you almost feel embarrassed for her. Yeah. And then Mjorne will get pissed at something. It's like, chill out. Right. That's you know? Just... <laughs> and, and like, like stop trying to start a business. You're 16. Like, Well, you know. So that's another thing. Speaking of annoying, like how annoying is Hero, for instance? Do you right. consider him annoying? I kind of do because it's like he's acting like this brooding antagonist and or protagonist. And it's like I don't even know how to connect I don't with. Have this guy. any friends? I don't <laughs> need anyone to take down Oz. But can you bring me my mobile suit because I blew it up accidentally? <laughs> But yeah, it's it's those things like it's he's yeah. it's almost like I have trouble connecting with him. And what's cool about Witch for Mercury is what they did with the protagonist is give her like that annoying social awkwardness, but she's not brooding like most right. Gundam protagonists. Um so I I think that's kind of a an it's interesting a, you know, a little bit of levity I think yeah. is okay. You know, I got to say, Shirt Lad just said Hero is fun. And so I will say, for what Wing is, that is fun. It, I was just watching, I wanted to show my son Commando, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, that is oh, a yeah. classic 80s, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie. Because that character, he never feels, it doesn't ever seem like he's scared and doesn't know what to do. He's just like, I'm going to go kick that guy's ass. I'm going to go kick that guy's ass. Stick around. You know, all that. And, like, Hero is kind of like that. Yeah. He, yeah. He, it's, it's interesting because he is, like, the 80s action hero, but without any of, like, the quips. Yeah. And, like, without the physique. Yeah. <laughs> and those bike shorts. Uh, but yeah. I like, I like it, the quips he has make no sense. Like, the birthday thing, I'll kill you. Like, I love it. Nuts. But, hey, again, and I don't know if anyone can verify this. Is that just due, again, to the translation to English, where they lose the subtlety, maybe, the nuance? I yeah, wonder. Maybe they have, like, seven different words for kill in Japanese, and, like... Right. The one that was chosen was... We can't really... Yeah. I always... I, I wonder that sometimes, because I did that video... Uh, you know, again, this is still on that annoying topic. I did that video of Seed, where those characters, uh, Kira, um, Lacus, L L Lacus, I don't know how to say her name correctly, 
I would those, say Lacus. Yeah. Okay, those characters are annoying because it's almost like, okay, what are we talking about here? What did, what what are we doing, guys? Like, let's just get on with the cool story of you know. But then, like, it gets to episode twenty-seven, and yeah, Ian brought this up. How it's like Seed is like double Zeta, and where it starts off, where you're like, what's going on, and then it it goes full on like midway through. Um. I swear that someone says that about every Gundam series at some point. They're like, no, no, Zeta Gundam is really good. It's the best Gundam, but you got to stick with it till like episode 18 or so. Like, yeah, that's something I think is almost like general in shows. Yeah, it's, a it's lot. such a trope. Like, once you hit the sunk cost fallibility, where it's like, okay, well, I've watched this much. I might as well finish it. Like, and this would probably only pertain to shows, yeah, that have that many episodes, like over 40. Uh, but what's interesting is I would argue that Double Zero uh, Seventy Nine and Zeta do not that have that have that issue. Like, it's I don't think so either. From the first episode, it is intriguing as f. Like, especially especially because they those two have the disaster scene, and that's not in Double Zeta necessarily. It it's almost stretched out, and you're at a junkyard. It's kind of. Whereas I was watching, so I'm st I've started Seed Destiny, and I like it. I've I've watched two episodes so far, and it has a disaster scene at the beginning, and it is well done. I'm telling you, I I really enjoy Seed Destiny. Oh, good. Um, and and I think that you know, I'm gonna get crucified for saying so, uh, but like I love taking Shin on as the new protagonist, and like. Okay, so I don't want to be spoiled too much, but when I saw Shin, I'm like, okay, is that Kira? No, new character. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that... Shin is the Camille to Seed if oh. Kira is the Amaro, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay, yeah. Oh, hi, New Daniel is even saying Seed Destiny was good. Okay, yeah, I am... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. Like, the thing I love so much about Seed Destiny is when... I guess he, he, Shin was in a ship and then decided, they were like, okay, we got to send you out because there's this disaster happening. Yeah. And he's in a core fighter. Like, straight up, you see core fighter, and then it starts off with it being launched out in all the different parts and then forming. I love that. And It's pretty sweet. And then the animation. So I think we had a discussion before of, like, dynamic posing. Sea Destiny has, like, the most dynamic poses for their mobile suits. Because at that beginning... With Shin, like, the way he's holding up the thing and spinning it around and then coming down and, like, the poses. I'm, I'm intrigued. They're I'm... very Super Sentai. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, the way they uh, land on the ground. <laughs> um, I saw something else there that I wanted to... Um, this is from uh, Pedro Vall. Good to see you, Pedro. Um, Man, it takes too long to pop up. Hello, hope you guys are doing well. I do not like Seed and Seed Destiny. Ah, so there are people that don't like it. Yeah. Opinions. And that's no, fair. But, no, but it's good because I, it's interesting. There's so many people that love Seed or don't love Seed, but then I hear people that are like, no, 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 but Seed Destiny. And I got to say so far, um, that is accurate. I just hope that doesn't get me to like, then want to buy a whole bunch of Seed Destiny kits because I'm already... I'm already underwater with my UC stuff. No, no, just the Dakimakuras and the... Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, there was that Gundam that transformed into a... Uh, uh, a lion? There was a body pillow? <laughs> no, no. There's, uh, you know, the, the lion uh, or oh. a four-legged animal. I don't know what it's supposed to be, but that's like... Yeah, the uh, Buku. Okay, that's right, the Buku, yeah. It's like too goofy, but it was like, okay. I'll, I'll go with it. Um... And then Zombie Painter, Destiny has nonstop bangers for intros. Um, so far, the first intro isn't my thing. But for Destiny, it was like, I forget, the second or third intro that was like, it's like, I can hear it in my head right now. Yeah, As we're talking about C, sure. it's in my head. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, speaking of music. Uh, this is from Jedi Sela. Always has really good uh, things to bring up. So, 
Let's talk about soundtracks. I had my Gundam playlist on shuffle while driving to work this morning, and two songs in particular, Beyond the Time by TM Network for Shores Counterattack and Unicorn from the Gundam Unicorn soundtrack played back to back in the lineup. I hadn't noticed until now that the two tracks sound pretty similar, written in the same key and tempo. I thought it was a coincidence at first, since Hiroyuki Sawano's Gundam soundtrack share a lot of elements with his other work on shows like Attack on Titan and Cabinary of the Iron Fortress. Personally, I wouldn't be surprised if he did pull inspiration from Beyond the Time while writing the titular unicorn theme, considering that the story takes place three years after the events of CCA, which isn't really that long of a time skip if you compare it to the space between 0079 and Zeta, or CC and Hathaway Splash, that's a good point. It's too good yeah. to be a coincidence, I think. I always thought it was just more of a Sawano signature music style that I've heard in his other work, but if he did write that piece uh, as a nod to Beyond the Time, that was a subtle stroke of genius on his part. Um, so, I wouldn't I, put it past him. Yeah, I had looked into this earlier because someone else a few months ago brought this up on Twitter where there were... I think it was, were they listening to Char's counterattack, and they heard music from like Zeta or Double Zeta, and I think that's, that's always intentional, just like with Star Wars, how yeah. they have the similar themes throughout and little pieces. I do think composers really take that into account throughout like the Gundam, even sometimes it's just the, the, the little like violin or trumpets, which is kind of a thing of that early 80s. Gundam, sometimes that like seeps through at the right moment that gives that call back to that sound. Um, but what's interesting is, and again, I feel like I talk a lot of crap about Char's Counterattack, but I only f found some of the music good in Char's Counterattack. Namely, that heroic theme, like when they're pulling the cover off of the new Gundam's head. And it played okay. dun, 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 or something. I don't know. But that, you don't like, like the big Neo Zeon theme, like the, the kind of like overarching theme of the uh, of the show where it's like. Yeah, it doesn't stick with me. It, it, it sounds very. Um, I guess I would say it sounds very. I don't know. Part of it's cool. Some of it. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, Part of it uh, sounds very... Um, it sounds very Eastern block, honestly. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, because there's that very scene Soviet. where Char's in the train, yes. and they're singing to him, and it's almost like it's in that same uh, thing. Yeah, it sounds like that, which I guess maybe it just throws me off to where that's almost too thematic, specifically now, I think thematic. this is one of those issues where translation became a problem because... Um, and chat will probably correct me if I'm wrong, but in the Japanese, they're actually singing happy birthday to Char on the train. But then in the English version, they're singing like just kind of like a weird praise song to Char. Really? I'm going to have so to like, if you think of it that. like, oh, they're singing happy birthday to him. And that's why this old lady's giving him flowers. It's like, oh, that kind of makes, a makes more, more sense. sense. Yeah, especially know. that singing happy birthday to someone it seems in ha being happy for them is more genuine than because someone's some powerful dictator right like, yeah i mean yeah. we don't we don't break into song for you know first of all i don't think we have any world leaders that take the train anywhere but okay yeah i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to look into that because that is interesting but again like and i might do a breakdown video on this like it's char's counterattack has the recipe for a great movie but then once it's put together as a meal, it's just like, okay, you know? It's like you get your HelloFresh order in, and you're reading everything, and you're just not cooking it right, or you put too much right. of this it's, in a little like quest here. Meme yeah. where, where Homer's like, why does mine look like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I hate that I have this feeling about Char's counterattack. I just don't know what it is. Um, I, I really enjoy it on its own, but I think that in the grander context of Gundam stories, you're like, where does it fit in? Yeah. You know, I, I argue with people all the time, like, where where did the years go between Zeta and Char's counterattack that Amaro and Char have these total character 180s? Like, yeah. Where, like, yeah, Amaro is, like, completely all in 
and like all about designing the best weapon. And then Char just went from like a very compelling character that was pulled both sides in Zeta. Like he was oh, constantly yeah. being pulled about his identity of who he is, but also where, where his, um, where he belongs, but does he want to be there? Like, and then in the, double, the and then it always sticks out to me the most is when he's talking to Camille and Camille's trying to protect him. And he says, you know, like, they don't protect me. The old generation can't build the new era. Like in, oh. in Japanese, it says something different. It's like, um, you know, the, the future won't be built by, by the older, or yeah. by adults or whatever. But, you know, it's like, how does that guy, how does someone who says something like that then decide, well, I'm just going to kill all the children on Earth? Yeah, I, uh, no, that's true. And then uh, Neo X is saying his favorite OST is from Gundam Thunderbolt and Gundam CCA and Build Fighters mostly. So I haven't, I haven't uh, dived into Build Fighters yet. That will be soon. In fact, like, I can't find it anywhere except YouTube has an English dub but it's from some random account. So I almost feel bad that I'm watching it that way, but other than, I guess, buying the Blu-ray. You got to do. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then he, Neo X said something else I want to pull up here, because this sounds familiar. Uh, he's saying, as it animates, uh, if I could remember, there was a game that does kind of explain what happened between Gundam Zeta and Gundam CCA. Does that sound familiar to you, Steven? I haven't heard of that, but if there is a game, then I would like to play it. I want to say there's something where they had the cutscenes that kind of talked more or like added more information. So if you guys can remember what that is, let me know. Um, yeah. You know, I love like old abandoned games and such. Yeah, games, especially games that people don't talk about, but yet had compelling cutscenes like in more story. Yeah. Um, Oh, I, I saw something funny here. Johnny Tacoma is saying he named one of his cats Amaro. That's oh, cool. That's, that's that's sweet. That sounds like a good idea, actually. Yeah. Um, and coincidentally, the cat that I have is named Zelda. She was that was her name at the shelter. So we just okay, stuck nice. with it. <laughs> Look um, at that. You have a cat named Zelda, and I have a, a dog named Cinderella. We both have princesses <laughs> in our house. No, that's that's funny. Do you do you give Cinderella a nickname? Uh, we've tried uh, because I didn't want to, you know, pronounce Cinderella. Yeah, it. I sound like such a goof when I go out back and I'm like, Cinderella, come inside, Cinderella. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, sometimes I'll say Zelds for oh, Zelda, but she doesn't yeah. care. If I'm not looking no. at her, then she'll come to me. That's how that works. You yeah. know, cats. That's that's just cats. Yeah. Oh, Pedro's saying his dog is named Zelda. Huh. That, that's cool. Um. Okay. Okay, and Giant Tacoma is saying there's a manga explaining Haman and Shar. So yeah, that's what yeah. I so need. Shar's deleted affair, Haman's deleted affair. Okay, and so is that supposed to be taken seriously? Like it's not like one of those joke ma mangas. Like, I mean, they're pretty serious. Uh, like the like... office worker one. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just want to make sure it's not that. No, no, okay. they 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 have um some some pretty uh. Some pretty relevant story beats in them, but you know, I, I don't know if that necessarily goes as far as I think. Um, uh, Matt is has has a better beat on um in chat saying like, you know, how Shar took Camille's uh, you know, crippling personally. Um, I I see that as probably the 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 more reasonable explanation for Shar's um, character turn. As opposed to the stuff that happened in the mangas. Okay. But. Yeah. Oh, and there was that one episode. If you guys haven't watched it, there's a previous live stream I did. And you could just search like AI characters where I talked to Char. Char AI. And he explained himself to me. So. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, the AI is real. You know that? Um, At least he got Haman's hair color right. She couldn't even do that. I know. that. That's when I knew something was wrong. There's no way right. I'm going with green hair. She's lying. Um, let's see. Uh, Rogue New Type, uh, that 30-something office manga is great. You know what? I, I got to admit, there's some good art in there. But I don't know the story for sure. Um, yeah, so when it comes to soundtracks, um, 
Yeah, someone was saying, you know, how they like Thunderbolt a whole lot. And I find yeah. that's such a unique soundtrack. Um, like, because of the, the way that the kind of the freeform jazz, like, most people probably would, wouldn't be able to really get it. You know what I mean? Like, even me, like, when I'm first hearing, it's like, why is this? But in the chaotic nature of the battles and the guys zipping around and the sniper can't, tra like, I feel like that fits. Like, it's chaotic, yeah. you know? And, um, and there's a there's a foil there because Daryl's constantly listening to pop songs, and like, oh yeah, you know, his his fighting style and his um, you know, his personality is kind of revolves around that pop music, and that's kind of why I identify more with Daryl than I do with EO, um, as far as Thunderbolt characters go. But I do like that idea of using music as a way of conveying the character of each of those uh, pilots. It's got a very jojo's bizarre adventure feel oh yeah well you know that's interesting because when it comes to the gundam like anything i get into part of it is the music like the music that helps build that atmosphere for me to get into it and it's interesting because there's been types of music in the gundam shows that i generally don't listen to on my own but they work because i think with music it's like i like context that's the reason like why i like metal so much because there's this like aggressive energetic battling demons sort of feeling to it and i yeah i really connect with that techno or, or synthwave or you know electronic fast-paced music same kind of thing it's very energetic i feel like i could be blade and fight a bunch of vampires you know that i gotta say oh, that yeah. scene i saw blade in theater i was i was old enough but like i that, wasn't and i also saw uh, that that scene like uh, it, at that that dancing at the beginning like oh yeah everyone in the theater cheered yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone cheered it was so badass like so good i, I feel like that was a point in marvel my movie. huh still the best marvel movie like oh yeah oh yeah i'd agree I, 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 it's and it's like i feel like at that point that that movie kind of changed the way i view my entertainment like when i want that high intensity action the music has to be there too. And then what is it that is, what's the context of the action? The fact that it's a guy fighting vampires with a sword. Uh, so like we get into Gundam and we have giant robots being piloted by people and they have beam sabers like, and then you put good music on top of that and it works. Now, and this will, I'll ask chat also, uh, by the way, I have to click on what Autronomous just said because, uh, he says, oh, yeah. Wesley Snipes' blade is the best, and I agree. That is the only blade, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I almost feel like the universe is working things out for us since they've had to, like, indefinitely hold that new Blade movie from coming out. Like, I know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> because I think they should still use Wesley Snipes. They could still use Absolutely. him. Absolutely. Even if it means he's, and I hate this trope, but sometimes I think it's a normal part of life, training the younger version. Yeah. I, I mean, that happens sometimes. It, it would be cool if it was almost like what happened to Blade, where there happens to be some kid maybe in the same impoverished state that he was in, and then his mother got attacked while he was born. And, and so instead of being the Whistler, it's Blade that has to try to track him down and start being more fatherly than he ever would have been with anybody. Um, right, because he doesn't, he doesn't have that instinct naturally. Yeah, yeah no, I... Uh, I really think they need to do that. Um, I liked your idea of a Blade video game. Oh, yeah. Um, I, they need to do that. They need to make... Uh, because like when it comes to video games... Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, when it comes to video games, like already built into the character is the action elements that people like. Not only hand-to-hand -hand combat that people like to do, like if it's an action RPG, but also shooter-based combat. Like, yeah. you can definitely have Blade balance those two mechanics, um, and you're fighting vampires. Like, you can't get better than that. You can make them blow up into blood and ashes, yeah. actually. Um, it, it's like, it, it reminds me of, um, you know, the Wolverine Origins movie was absolute trash. Yeah. But the Wolverine Origins video game... Was amazing. Was a lot of fun. Yeah, I like that. that. That's a good example, like... And, you know, sometimes I don't know if a game should be open world or level based, but, and I think this goes with Gundam as well, is I think 
open world is not necessarily about being a genre of open world, but open world just lends to mechanics you've created in a game. Code Fairy is these small little stages where you're kind of limited in your suit. You don't really get to play yeah. out being a mobile suit as much in something like Code Fairy. That's why GBO2 is fun because you're almost doing your own thing. Um, so I think like a Gundam game would have to take on those principles I was talking about where it can be open world, both action RPG and shooter elements. I even think for what SD Gundam Battle Alliance was, it did a good job with those uh, marrying the two of the physical combat, action combat, and then also the um, shooting. Uh, because it, depending on the mobile suit, it might not be as much of a projectile-based suit as others. True. Um, but yeah, that's something that Steven and I have been talking about. It's like these Gundam, they need to make a, a cool action Gundam game that's open world. And all you yeah. have to say is Elden Ring Gundam. That's all. And they're the same publisher. Right. Like, do it. <laughs> I just would love the idea of. <laughs> yeah. No, but I just love the idea. I picture it in my head all the time. You're on the surface of the moon. You see the earth out in the distance, and all you're seeing is all these fleet battles, and you're standing in like a, a broken GM, and that's how you start. And then you're, you just start slowly moving, and then the thing says, press right-click to target enemy. And then you see a Zaku coming up to you that's lost uh, uh, maybe an arm and part of its leg, and it's like limping at you like a zombie, but it's really just a messed up mobile suit, and you try to battle it, and then you start taking its parts and fix up your... Ah. Oh, that... But... Would it be cool, and should they do this, or is it too much to be able to exit your suit and walk around? Um, because then how much of gameplay is out of suit versus in suit? Well, it's like, uh, I don't think in any of the MechWarrior games you can get out of your mech. Like, yeah. all of the MechWarrior games are very mech-centric, so I think that, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's worth having, you know, out of suit controls cool. but uh i don't know maybe i'm wrong i think it makes sense for like let's say if you're doing exploring and there's little areas you your suit can't fit into and it gets you like parts and stuff you know something like that where it's looting yeah. where it takes up maybe 10 percent of the game yeah whereas most of the game is really just yeah because i love the idea that you're stuck on a side of the moon to where once you get enough parts you can then leave the moon with your thrusters and then you can choose where in the battlefield are you going to go um yeah and then the world map would be the earth sphere and it'll be like l2 l3 l4 here's these colonies and yeah you can just go wherever man that would be we'll we'll dig up that rpg book and see how many weeks it takes to... oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that's cool yeah no but that needs to be done um I think, uh, oh, Ultronimus, uh, I love it when people have ideas to contribute. He's saying, I think yeah. you'd have to make your campfire safe zone a hangar, and you change your parts and such there. Yeah. So it's like, that's where you save, you go in, modify, upgrade yeah. uh, from or all the like loot. You had you like hub worlds, right? Like, uh, like, you know how in Mass Effect, if you go to the Citadel, you can't like fight on the Citadel. Oh, yeah. You're, you just kind of run around and do quests and stuff like that. If you're like in Von Braun City, you're on foot and you kind of like you can engage in like small combat and stuff. But like once you go out to the surface of the moon, you're in a mobile suit. Yeah, that's yeah, I agree with that. And yeah, uh, because, yeah, it also limits where you can upgrade. So you can't be like in the middle of battle and then just change up things to win. Although yeah, to a degree, maybe. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's. um yeah, and I like, yeah, the hangar, being in the hangar to, like, instead of a campfire, you come across either, like, a, a hangar from a ship or... And another thing that they would need to do, too, that I think would be required is having things almost like, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Simulation, a museum. For example, the Alien Colonial Marines game that came out on PC, or came out everywhere. Unfortunately, it was a bad game. But they recreated LV-426. Like, they, they recreate cool. Where I was walking around, like, oh, that's from the movie? That's from the movie? Yep. And Did you I find the tunnel that, that uh, Bishop crawled through? Oh, yeah. I, I, 
I wonder if they have that in there. I didn't even bother looking for that. That's pretty good. Um, but GBO2 does this, too, because when you play the maps, even though the map has such a generic name, it seems like, like it's a name. Site. Yeah, it, it, it's like if you look at it, like, oh, that's from Stardust Memory. Yeah. Oh, that's from this. That's from that. So, I, look. I'm putting this out in the universe because there's going to be a time, Stephen, where we are speaking with Bandai Namco, consulting them on making this open-world Gundam game. I'm making the prototype right now. Oh, I'm just going to be good. like... That's right. Yeah, you guys haven't seen it. There are some episodes of Steven's uh, live stream where he is working in the 3D program, modeling those Gundams. Um, yeah, we're going to do it. Yeah, yeah, we'll eventually do it. Um, Oh, Johnny Tacoma, I like this. Have a black market for mobile suit parts. Yeah, that would be neat oh, if yeah. there's some things that, like, uh, you can't get just on the battlefield that are part of, like, experimental programs. Like, you have to hunt them down. Violate some Antarctic treaties. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, yes, NeoX did the same, same thing about the black market. Uh, special parts for your mobile suit. The only problem is... Um, being uh, expensive and it barely upsets the black market. Um, let's see, Rogue New Type, you can find a hanger or a damaged Solomus or Moose Cipher parts in modding your suit. Yeah, it would be cool if you ran into a carrier and you could like yeah. go into it and explore. But like in the hangar, maybe there's like a, a, a suit there that's just sitting there and he's just waiting for someone or doesn't know what to do. And I don't know. There's so much yeah. potential. Uh, Johnny Tacoma's Grand Theft Gundam. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, if you're like in battle, you jump out of your suit and then you like hijack it. You like open the cockpit, throw the guy out. And get I need this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that that needs to be done, and it will get done, guys. I am the official person, hype man. That will, yeah, hype man of promoting an there open world Gundam game. There you go. Well, I think, um, oh, Secular Sage, original universe or pre-existing universe? I would say, let's start with UC, because there's so much people can latch on to and, like, um, the world building and all that, but. Indeed. Anyway, no, that's about, uh, you know, the end of the show. Great show, guys. This was a lot of fun. Um, I'm glad I got this chat thing working. It used to, um. I'm going to still modify how this looks, but it used to, like, freeze and shut down Wirecast while I was using it, so that was kind of annoying. No, this is great. Yeah, I know. It's an easy way for me to catch something, and then I can discuss it. But, um, yeah, that's it for the show. Again, you know, Gundam Week starts uh, technically maybe on Monday with my video, but then Wednesday we do our live stream at Midnight Hatter. Uh, link in the description, um, and then we do our continuation on Thursdays with the Gundam Explain show at... At any point, if you guys have any comments, suggestions, recommendations, just shoot them over on our way, on our discords. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Stephen, anything else to add? No, I think that about covers it. Well, cool. Well then, um, everyone, have a good day.